Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. You will say Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And big news for, I guess, is she, is this, are we about to graduate her? Doja Cat, this is from Music News Rumors. Doja Cat has won the Best New Artist Award at the MTV VMAs, the MTV European Music Awards, the E People's Choice Awards, the E People's Choice Awards, and the American Music Awards. That's a lot of awards. That's a ton. She got That's kind of the lot. consensus of new artist of 2020. And I feel like that's one of those awards where it doesn't like mean anything. And yet it kind of means something if there's a consensus, though. Right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you win one, then it's like, oh, you're cursed. But if you win all of them, it's like, oh, you're everywhere. It's just a reflection of the market, I guess. Well, we haven't had the Grammys yet. Well, we had the Grammys in February of 2020, but they're for the year before. Mm -hmm. But we haven't had them technically for 2020. And actually, yeah. the nominees for the Grammys are being announced tomorrow, I want to say. Tomorrow. Oh, they are already. Wow. Yeah. You think, I think I just saw that on my timeline. Either that or the Oscars. But it wouldn't be the Oscars. Maybe it would be the Oscars. Is it the De Grammys or the Oscars? Someone's announcing the Grammy something. nominations. The Grammy nominations will be unveiled soon this week i think it's tomorrow week, because everyone's doing predictions right yeah everybody yeah okay i think i was reading that correctly everybody's doing predictions already so, so we'll know yeah. if she gets like the big kahuna big new best new artist which again we know is kind of a cursed it's kind of a cursed category but it is cursed in terms of like name recognition and kind of like symboling towards somebody becoming more of a of a name that people know it's helpful for doja cat it looks like it's just gonna be her 
right? What do you mean? She's the only I, nominee. But the th- yeah, look, like I can't. It, it's got to be her at this point. Like, who would break that cycle? I'm just um, saying, like, I think she'll be the nominee. I just don't know if she'll win. I think she'll be included in the yeah. list, but I don't know if she'll win. It'd be interesting if she swept all of them. Here's a thing that I discovered this morning yeah. that I didn't know about the American Music Awards. Maybe you did. So the AMAs. So this is from a, this is from a story in the in the current um, from I think 1998. And Dick Clark, Dick Clark himself created the AMAs because Grammys said, the Grammys said, we don't want to be on ABC anymore. And so Dick Clark was like, well, then fine. I'm going to create my own award show. And guess what? I'm going to let people vote, which was apparently brand new at the time. And he says, the Grammy Academy had moved their show from ABC and everyone was wondering what to do. And I thought, why not ask the people who buy the records what artists they like? Nobody had ran a popularity poll before. Nobody thought to ask the people. And then it said the Triangular American Music Awards never got the same respect. I didn't know this existed either. He's right about it being weird that the Grammys are chosen by these like groups of people. And same with the Oscars. But it's funny because it gives the AMAs the kind of scammy feel that it's like, oh, who can vote for this? Just like anyone? Like where? Where mm-hmm. are they voting? Like what does this even yeah. mean? You know? And also makes it a, yeah. it makes it more like easier for them to kind of fake the wins in a way. Exactly. And I think also like it's, I think that both types of award shows, like where you have your sort of your anonymous judges, as long as those judges are like a good, a pretty good representation of the industry, like the Oscars are trying to become is like both of those can exist where you have that and the more populist ones where it's just sort of telling you what you already know, which is that, Oh, Doja Cat's extremely popular, so of course she's of course she's gonna win. Oh, Kane Brown is selling the most of any male country artist, so of course he's gonna win. Like it's it's exciting to have both of those options, but it's still sort of like I, I didn't realize there was this tension between them. So it says that back in the day, if you performed at the Grammys, if you performed at the AMAs, the Grammys wouldn't let you perform at the Grammys. Um, <laughs> and Dick Clark said, we have no war with the Grammys. They have a war with us. And he goes, this is so petty. And it's understandable. We beat them in the ratings and we have the most entertaining show. And it's not fun to have your nose rubbed into it. It's not hard to beat the Grammys in ratings, I will say. I don't think no. it's that hard. Maybe in the 90s. Uh, Maybe in the 90s. What I was just thinking was that, what was I just thinking? Fuck, I already forgot. Well, now the AMAs are kind of just like any other award show where it's just like people perform and the awards don't. No one really cares about the awards. But going against my the awards are rigged last night, Taylor Swift won like artist of the year or something and she wasn't even there. And I think if the awards were rigged, they wouldn't give the award to somebody who wasn't there unless like mid pandemic award season, you can kind of give the awards to like anyone they can because no one is really supposed to be there. But she especially was Mm -hmm. not there and she did like a video and it's it's kind of anticlimactic to do that and you'd think they wouldn't want to you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah bad bunny won favorite male artist latin presented by cheetos and <laughs> he didn't accept because he tested positive for coronavirus oh my god did you see that becky g beat carol g for a favorite female artist no latin becky presented g by did not beat carol g two g's in the running becky That's too g many beat g's. carol g I loved um, Becky G's been around longer though. I loved uh, you know Best New Artist Doja won, but both Lil Baby and Da Baby were nominated. <laughs> two babies, two babies were nominated. two babies two in the same category. Ba- and honestly, it's not fair because those, those both those babies cancel each other out. You know they always <laughs> it's, it's, they didn't have a chance. Yeah, it's like when you in, it's like when you nominate two actors from the same movie. Yeah, you know, they, if just, neither of them are going to win. They don't have a chance. They don't have a chance. <laughs> One thing that really. 
I don't know why it bothered me. Maybe I'm being stupid, but adult contemporary is a genre. Yeah. And I feel like for most for most genres because of radio, you're in one and not the other. And it's sort of like adult contemporary. If you are nominated for adult contemporary, you get the chance to be nominated in two categories. And that really doesn't happen in other categories. And I'm just like, it's so unfair that Lewis Capaldi and the Jonas Brothers get the opportunity to be nominated twice. Uh-huh. Whereas like most people in genres only get the opportunity to be nominated once. Anyway, the Jonas Brothers won favorite adult contemporary, but they did not I think win that's favorite because duo it's or like group. Radio related, it's and that's and that also is a very yeah. dated kind of like system. It's like what is adult contemporary, anyways? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But Jonas Brothers won favorite adult contemporary, which confused me because I was like, I thought Lewis was way more adult contemporary well, also, than the Jonas Brothers. How are the Jonas Brothers adult? I guess they're adults now. They're not, and I guess there are contemporaries. But I don't know how they they like edged up out they edged up out of pop into adult contemporary. Oh, I guess because all of their fans that they had when they were pop are now adults. Fuck, that's right. And they're raising kids. Yeah, and they're so raising now kids. It's, now it's adult contemporary. Wow, that's. I mean, like to me, the golden age of adult contemporary will be will always be the early two thousands with Celine Dion singing. That's the way it is. Oh, so totally. It's still, sort of jarring to me to see Wait, Maroon Five so right. on that list. Celine Dion's "That's the Way It Is" defines the term adult contemporary. That song fits mm-hmm. nowhere else. It's pop, <laughs> but it's not young. It's old, and it's easy listening, but it's like not an oldie. It's a newie, so yeah. it really is adult no. contemporary. Lindsay, the three songs that best represent adult contemporary to me. Yeah. Celine Dion, that's the way it is. Yeah. Okay. Number two, Cheryl Crow, Soak Up the Sun. Number three, Vanessa Williams, Save the Best for Last. That is adult contemporary. Um, we can move on to the speaking of new artists, the Hollywood Reporter published their rising young stars like next gen talent 2020 right. page notable or profile notable because I thought it was a really good list. Like there were people it's a I'd, really good list. There were people I'd heard of. And more importantly, there are people I hadn't heard of. And I think that is like the skill. Like when you see a neck, a young stars list, I'm like ready to groan because I'm like ready to see the people that have been on this list for the past five years or like people five that years, yeah. it's like, it can't be every person who's ever acted on euphoria, you know, like this list is a little bit he- heavy with sex education people. I will say there's like a few sex education people, mm-hmm. but otherwise it's an incredible kind of like look at young actors who are in amazing things, but who I really haven't, who aren't on my radar yet, which is like kind of the point of a list like this to put them on your radar. It's one of the better versions of this type of list. Oh my, totally. Like you said, all, all, and very frequently this type of list can skew super young 
where it's like, oh, people fresh out oh, of Disney. Oh, yeah, we don't want like, those. Don't start making no. those sorts of predictions no. because it's just not going to work. Like a perfect um, a perfect person for this list is this guy. King. He's on this list. Kingsley Benadir. He's 34. Oh. He's been the hot boyfriend in so many things I've seen recently. He's like... He was the hot boyfriend on Love Life, that terrible HBO Max show. He was the hot boyfriend on High Fidelity, which was a great Hulu show. He was on the, he was a hot boyfriend, I think, on the OA. He's just this. Lindsay, been... he was not the hot boyfriend. He was the investigator who okay. helps Zendaya find her friend who got. Sure. God, I can't even get into okay, what don't the, get OA the OA is. But he's very good on the second season of the but OA. But he's just like this hot guy who's popped up quite a few places. And I've been like, who that? But I never looked it up. Like, I'm like, who is that? But I never looked mm-hmm. it up. Uh, yeah, and it turns out he's like this. This he's on their list because he's playing Barack Obama on this Showtime show, and he's also playing Malcolm X and Regina King. Yeah, so One Night in Miami, which is probably like an Oscar movie, so he's gonna get this buzz. It's an Oscar movie, buzz, buzz. You know, I think that's why he's getting it here because he's trying. He's been in TV for so long. He's been like that guy in TV for like five years. That right now, he's moving into prestige film. That yeah. it's you know pretty notable. It's like yeah. oh, okay. Who else on this list do you did you notice and you were like, Well, oh, I thought it was interesting to see the thing that something that sort of made me raise my eyebrow, which was that it was such a if you if you told me eight years ago that YouTube stars would successfully transition oh, I into know. television or movie stardom, I would have a hard time believing it. And then there's the whole there are all the stages of like acceptance when it's like, yes, YouTube can be a great um, incubator for talent. Just look at Justin Bieber, right? Just look at like Sean Mendes, the singers who went, Chloe and Halle, the singers who went big on YouTube and became, but like, yeah, act for acting. It's a little, it's a, it's a tougher sell because the YouTube aesthetic is so. And you don't want to look at this list and see Jojo Siwa because once no, a, that's no. Jojo Siwa, Jojo Siwa is still very much involved in YouTube. She's not, she hasn't broken out of that form yet. That's her thing. Mm-hmm. You want to see somebody who is working towards breaking out of that form, which is great because they picked that girl Quinta, who is Quinta Brunson, yeah, who is a BuzzFeed alum, who then took that to now to work in um, HBO as a Black Lady Sketch Show, which was really popular. And she's been on other TV shows and now she's like doing her own pilot thing. And so they're taking somebody who, yes, has origins in online video, but has already kind of broken out and is working towards like something else or not just saying like, oh, it's a it's, you know, Emma Chamberlain because she, you know, did she does YouTube, has a podcast and does like fashion stuff. It's like this is somebody who really actually is in the same lane as the other people in this list. You know? Yeah. And also, and it's and it's interesting to look at her age because she's 30. And so if you, like, she really did spend her entire 20s on the come Truly. up in online video. And now she's finally making it. I don't know. It's just like, it, it suggests, it's like, oh, wow, we have reached a new stage in, in internet fame. All these mm-hmm. people who were one thing eight years ago are now moving on to another thing to an extent that they're making a Hollywood reporter profile about like right. young Hollywood. Right. Um, Emma Corrin, I thought was notable because I literally had no idea who this woman was. She's Diana she was on, the crown. on the crown. I know no one and did. Now, and now everyone knows who this woman <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, no one instantly. did. You also have no the one two knew. leads from normal people. I think those two are definitely like names being thrown around. They're probably the most like typical names on this list the ones that i would guess would be on this list is like oh like daisy edgar jones and paul mezcal are going to be on a list like this you have two people from sex education that's the netflix show shuti gatwa and uh and uh oh emma mackie Uh she's the one who looks like um margot robbie Mm -hmm. 
Another she's Margot one of the Robbie. Ones, she's Another one of the six Margot women Robbie. who looks like Margot Robbie. Yes, exactly. Then you have the Christian Saratos, who's the Selena and Selena. They're making a big mm-hmm. bet on her. Other, I think she was also on The Walking Dead. You have the star of Mindy Kaling's Never Have I Ever, who's 18. I think that's the youngest person on this list. That's Maitreyi Ramakrishnan. That was her debut role. So that's like, yeah. that's kind of a big bet, though, for this list. Because this list is kind of like is saying like you need like kind of a body of a small body of work to propel you to be on something like this to get to the next point, you know, like. Or you need Mindy Kaling in your corner. Right. Or you need like a very popular debut show. Trying to think of who else is notable on this list. You have this one of the girls from The Boys, Erin Moriarty. She's one of the superheroes on The Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, Taylor Page, who's in Zola. Okay. Zola and Zola. Because they're they're placing mm-hmm. big bets on that movie as well. You have Jessica Henwick, mm. who's a big Mar- Marvel y actress who's been in like Game of Thrones, Star Wars, and she's going to be in Matrix Four. You have uh, Jordan Fisher, who's another person who's been on these lists so many times, very talented, but yep. like we've talked about him seven billion times. Seven. Yeah. This is he's probably the guy that's been on this list the most, but they're still betting mm-hmm. on him, which is nice to say. Um, they have the drug dealer from Euphoria who got cast like walking down the street. I have to say that's the least. That's the that's the pick I like the least for this list. It just feels very like, come on, guys. Like, okay. Well, his origin story is good. His they just origin loved story it. is so good that they're like, whatever. They have Jesse Buckley who was in Wild Rose, which I loved. She's really good. She's also in Chernobyl and et cetera. So she's like, she's a big one. I think she's almost too big for this list. Even really? though she's maybe under, I think she's been in too many prestige things in the past two years that it's almost like okay she's outgrown this list and then you have tiffany boone who was on the chai who who left because she was being harassed by her co-star jason i want to say his name is jason mitchell yes and she she was like i'm out of here and then she was in little fires everywhere and now she's going to be in a huge george clooney movie and a hulu miniseries or whatever but that was kind of like a notable a notable thing I think that this actually works as a great segue to our first big, like, who story of the oh, week. Oh, yeah. Which, oh, totally. Let's just get into it. So. Well, notice on this list, only one person who is on Euphoria. Again, I have to say, a great. This list does a good job of only picking one person from Euphoria because that's the easy place to mine for young. So just pick anyone. You just pick anyone. You're like, oh, this person's young and up and coming. Oh, Barbie. But it's like, no, actually think about like what this list means or whatever. And so they picked that one guy who I kind of disagree with. But anyway, speaking of Euphoria, we have another breakout star from Euphoria, but not because of his skill, because of his shade. Because of his shade. So this guy, Lucas Gage was doing a Zoom audition for a project? We don't know. We don't know. TV show? We don't know. And the director of the project, question mark, was on the other end of the Zoom. And I guess Lucas was recording his Zoom audition so that he could watch it back. Uh, So he was recording everything. And while he was recording it, this happened when he logged on. These poor people live in these tiny apartments. Like I'm looking at his, you know, background and he's got his TV and, and, you know, yeah, muted. I know it's a shitty apartment. That's why give me this job so I can get a better one. All right. Um, <laughs> ready? Oh my god, I'm so so sorry. No, it's Lucas. totally. Li- listen, I'm living I'm in a. So sorry. I'm living in a four by four box. It's fine. Just give me the job and we'll be no, fine. I, I'm more. <laughs> That's what happened. That's kind of funny. Um, the tone is so funny. It's the a, tone of it is so funny. It's 
embarrassing and yet he posted it anyway saying PSA if you're a shit talking director make sure you mute your shit on zoom meetings and I really truly do not think he expected this to go viral I think he's, I think he I just think thought it was funny shadiness is as shady as what happened like the shadiness is equal you know what I mean like He's mm-hmm. not calling anyone out. There's still no consensus on who the director is. He's not saying who it no. is. The people who know, know and are not saying anything. There were rumors that it was Matthew Vaughn. Only because January Jones got involved, she commented. But she yeah. didn't really comment in a way that implied it was Matthew Vaughn. She just commented in a supportive way. She comments way. on everything. Yeah, and she, she comments, comments on, on everything. everything. So doesn't, Matthew Vaughn is the <laughs> X-Men director who people suspect and who is the father of her child. Although I'm pretty sure he mm-hmm. is. Anyways, the people, because they, they suspected that for some reason. But like... I don't I just I just think it's like it got blown out of proportion. Obviously, he just thought it would be funny. And now it's funny that he's like getting press from this and no one has ever heard of this guy. You know, he's just well, been on euphoria. What shot you have? I can't get over the Lori Petty thing I'm that sorry, you posted, which really so is the funniest thing. The funniest reply comes from Lori Petty. That's the funniest reply I saw. in the. I read all the replies. Who is? It was iconically the, I don't need question mark on Orange is the New Black, but iconically Gina Davis' sister in League of Their Own. Come on. She's Kit. She's Kit. She's a peach. <laughs> yes, that's Lori Petty. And she responded to Lucas Gage saying, I put a quilt over my TV and stacked my computer on hashtag Prince re-releases. At Lucas Gage, you doing just fine. And she showed a photo of her, that MacBook stacked on a and set of And I have to Prince. say... Reissues. It looks great. She's got a plain white background. She's got a bright light. She looks. She's light. she's got a great setup. Him, his yes. background. I mean, again, I'm I'm not trying to judge his background. His apartment looked very nice, but you could see his bed and stuff. Like he definitely like revealed. There was like a reveal, right? Like you could see. You could see. You see his TV. Oh, you, you don't even see his, see his bed. You can't see like, his bed. Wait, can you see bedroom. his bed? I mean, this is my problem with this whole thing. So. It, all the celebrities who were coming yeah, to his, his defense. Bed. You can just see a, ma- a mirror on a TV. Yeah. Yeah, you can't see the bed. It's just a mirror on TV. And it says, people say, Joe Jonas has handled like a champ. Sophie <laughs> Turner says, that's fucked up. January Jones says, classy response, Lucas. What an entitled asshole. DM me who it was so I can make notes to never work with that person. Yeah. Lucy Hale goes, this is incredible icon. Dakota Fanning says, right. yeah, he didn't it. do anything. Wilma Ronderado says, you're it. a class act. How is that classy? It would be classy not to post it. But okay, like, I don't, I just like. <laughs> it like, would be classy like he's being it. shady the director's being shady like it's just but it's funny that people are like wow you're brave it's like brave to do what post this i guess i don't know also you're an actor you posted a video of yourself looking hot like okay i'm so, you're so fucking brave to do this in front of everyone look i don't want to i don't want to pass judgment on this guy because i truly know so little about him and i do the not only... even care and this is a and if this happened yeah. to me i would definitely post it and of think of course it was funny. you would the i'm mad only... at the virality of it and the responses from celebrities the only thing the only people that this should really matter to aside from the lol is people who recognize the voice of a director and internally then know who that is and move forward with that yeah. information but we don't know that information so it doesn't do anything for us we just laugh at it and now we've heard of this guy honestly now that we've yeah. he- now we've heard of Lucas Gage who the Good fuck is this guy you know what i mean yes but i mean to me here's my fundamental issue with it which which is because as someone who who lives in an apartment that is very likely smaller than Lucas Gage's and who has been on Zooms with people before wow. in my little bedroom where I spend all of my day Same. in my little bedroom all day, and I'm not complaining about it. I'm saying I'm used to people left and right in professionally and personally saying, 
oh, are you okay? Like people who don't live in New York who are saying, who have houses and backyards saying, I don't know how you do it. Like I've been getting that form of sympathy for nine months. It doesn't do anything to me. I'm like, do not feel bad for me at all. Well, so when I heard that director's voice, what I didn't hear was someone quote unquote shit talk, as Lucas said. I heard someone doing what everyone has been doing okay, who Bobby, doesn't live in a small apartment for nine months. The difference and what I don't think you understand is he thought he was on mute. He was shit talking. People are saying this directly to you as like some kind of weird form of like small talk. My my interpretation of this video was that Lucas thought it was funny and that all these celebrities who have big houses themselves were like, oh, you poor baby, I'm so sorry for you. Meanwhile, Lucas, having been in Lucas's position, is probably like pretty unfazed by what the director said. That's just how I interpret it. And Lucas, it rolled off Lucas like nothing. And like, here we have Sophie Turner being like, you're so brave, January Jones, I will never work with this man. No, and I'm it's saying like, I agree I'm with sure. you on that, but I disagree with you that it wasn't rude or shit talking, which I think it was. I'm not saying it bothered him. This guy isn't like, my life is over. I'm so devastated. Honestly, posting it means he's not devastated. He's like, right. LMAO, this is ridiculous. You know? That's, I think, that like, we're getting in the weeds here talking about whether or not it was shit talking or rude. I just think that the disconnect between Lucas's interpretation of this and every other celebrity's interpretation of this is vast and hilarious okay. where it's like all these yes. celebrities who weren't involved being like this is the biggest like this is the most disrespectful thing i've ever witnessed and lucas is like lol look at this director psa mute your mics like they're those are two completely different sentiments and to it's funny fair, to me that like some of these actors are saying lmao like lmao like which is the response to this it's like oh my god mm -hmm. lmao that's so funny like, that's the responses. This is really funny. Not like, yeah. you did it. Like, da-da-da. Also, we can't even see his full apartment. We have no idea. That apartment could have, like, 12 bedrooms. Like, we don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, that's How true. do you know? How do we know? The funniest Anyways. thing that's come that's come out of this is, as you found, his Wikipedia already has five sections. One, early life and education. Two, Zoom audition viral clip. <laughs> three, <laughs> three, three, filmography, four references, five external links. I mean, Zoom audition viral clip. Honestly, like if you were thinking about this kid's career, five things to know, this is one of them now. Like there's this is officially one of the things to know. It's just been added to the list. I mean, it's absolutely going to improve his career it's going to increase the momentum of his career like tbd if he's like talented i know nothing about this person but i'm sure no, he's like good enough to be famous the only and other notable thing him. about him is that he used to date the vlogger who now is engaged and uh going to marry phineas who's billy eilish's phineas. producer Ugh. boyfriend uh boy uh not boyfriend brother. brother she used to date she used to date him so there are all these videos of them like doing videos together and like all this stuff oh, and it's just like yikes you know because when you're a vlogger and you have exes like they're all over your shit so anyways that's the only thing that i noticed her name's claudia sulawiski sulawiski sulski I was catching up on Claudia, so I went on her YouTube and I found her catching last up on video. Claudia. And it <laughs> I was said, catching up on Claudia. Catching up on Claudia. Up you guys. And it says, and there's she's this video addicting. from November. She's pretty. She's fine. There's a there's a video called "Goodbye to This Channel" from November of last year. Yeah. And it's this video where she's like, I'm done with this channel. And I was like, oh, wow, Claudia Phineas' girlfriend stopped vlogging. But really, she just started a new channel. 
She got a new boyfriend and started a new channel. A different boyfriend. She's, yeah. She's arguably vlogging more than ever. Just on a new channel. Yeah. Claudia's old vlogs, a.k.a. YouTube slash user slash beauty beyond beauty star TV, which is literally the URL. She got rid of that channel. And now she's a new channel with more subscribers. Oh, yeah. Now it's yeah. just Claudia Saluski. It's just her name. It's very personal yeah. now. Yeah. She's um, yeah, she's posting things like vlog, try on haul in office redirecting again. Vlog, rug reveal, grocery haul, and no makeup makeup. Oh, my God. You want to see her rug? Her rug? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I got to say this rug. We went for the teal rug. We did it. Do you like it, Miss Peach? I found that the people who liked the teal were the most passionate. And then everyone who voted for navy was like, navy is safer, you'll be happy with navy, do the navy because it's safer. We decided, let's just go with the crazy one. And I think once we have our cool couch come in, it's going to obviously match way more right now. It just kind of looks weird with everything else being gray. Next up is a wild story that we got so many <laughs> Don't you wanna talk about Drake Campana? No, not really. Formerly known as Drake Bell. So and we clearly, got this tweeted at us. The trending topics editor didn't really want to talk about them either. You can tell by this description. <laughs> the description they didn't even they didn't even caps his name. It's just Drake Bell all lowercase, and it says people, people are, are confused. confused after Drake Bell changed his name to Drake Campana on social media accounts and released music in Spanish. Um, you're right. Even the tone of the the trending write-up is like so disinterested and disconnected from like the actual story. I'm just gonna tweet. I'm just gonna. Uh, quote this person uh, Joel on Twitter JX Barija so apparently Drake Bell was more popular in Spanish speaking countries so he moved to Mexico changed his name changed his name to Drake Campana and now writes songs in Spanish and only posts in Spanish this must be a fever dream this is his actual Instagram and it's a link to his Instagram which is just covered in promotion for yeah. like Spanish language music right and the um, true Drake heads the two Drake Bell heads aka young millennials I would say no that he kind of did this because he was accused of abusing his partner, his girlfriend. His, his and girlfriend was kind accused of, him, yeah. Yeah, and he was kind of in hot water. And people were talking about it, obviously. And he was kind of one of those messy child stars. And then he was like, well, I still have international fandom. Let me go mm -hmm. to them. He literally went to them. But he's not in hiding. He know You know he's there. He's there. They're saying he's in oh, hiding. He's, he's not in hiding. He's very he's loudly and proudly there. He's releasing right. terrible music about the pandemic terrible. from Mexico. Oh, the worst song. I'm sure you're going to play a yeah. it here. It's so bad. Stuck in my room, always on Zoom. Nothing to do, it's another day. Losing my mind. never even said drake for for anyone who's not a young millennial drake bell is uh, from drake and josh that show on nickelodeon Disney? nickelodeon yes nickelodeon it was on nickelodeon for a few years he was on the amanda show before that he was on any number of drake and josh spinoffs both of them sort of tried to <sighs> tried to like transition into 
hot adult. Of course. Um, of course. Because Josh, who was the other, what was his last name? Josh, Josh, Josh um, Peck. Remember he was in that movie, like, The yeah, Wackness? He, he does stuff too. Because, like, mm-hmm. he, like, quote, got hot. And then, like, was also, he was also kind of fuzzy for a while. Drake mm-hmm. was kind of the messy one. And Josh was kind of the more. Josh is still acting pretty regularly. And he was on, remember that show he was on with uh, John Stamos, Grandfathered? Yeah. He was on oh that. <laughs> He's still in things. But, You're... like, <laughs> Dr- <laughs> Josh Peck has transitioned into, like, pretty successful adult actor drake bell wants to be like a hunk and is very into like showing off his body that Hmm. was like the entire thing was based around the idea that john stamos was too hot to be a grandfather it's like he's a grandfather are you kidding (laughs) no one could believe it that's what that's truly that was the concept of a show what if there were a hot grandfather hi okay we're close my mom is sarah kingsley you dated for a while in 1989 your son, Mrs. Edie, your granddaughter. Congratulations. I'm a grandfather. I'm a grand. I mean, sure, I have always wanted a family, but have I? This weird kid and his baby show up and ask me in the realest possible way, do I want a family? Well, my answer, very honestly, is I have no idea. Sounds like you need some time to process this. What if a grandfather was hot and you didn't think he was old enough to be a grandfather? It's like, what? Okay. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I'm making fun of the show. I would absolutely watch Grandmothered. I'd watch if it was like a hot actress. It's not interesting to me that John Stamos is hot and he's not even 60. It's like, I'm sorry, you're. he was 55 when he made that show. Who cares? We're like obsessed with celebrities who are quote unquote old but look young when literally that is their job like and that's all that they focus on and do we can't deal with it when it's young people either when it's like oh my god like so and so young actress lucy hale teach me your skincare routine it's like you can't afford it why are you even asking this is a completely different mentality i mean true 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 okay so it's sort of like it's funnier <laughs> it's funny to read the tweets but then whenever you try to talk about drake bell changing his name to Drake Campana to appeal to his fans in Mexico. It's like, oh, I guess this isn't really funny. This is just depressing because he's definitely trying to cover up his past in a way. Well, especially because the music is trash. You know, it's not like fun. The music is terrible. But yeah, the, the, the allegations against him from his ex are like pretty terrible. So if you told me that he literally fled the country to avoid prosecution... I would believe you. But if you also told me he he was looking at his replies and saw a lot of Spanish and said, maybe I should go to Mexico. It seems like they like me more there. I'd say, I believe it. Yes. Has this, I feel like this has famously happened in the past with other celebrities who were like. Well, Jesse J. <laughs> Jesse J famously was like, oh, I'm famous. I'm famous in China. Then put me on a Chinese reality okay, show, Okay, but please. she did get more famous in China after that. Like that, yeah. like that actually maybe caused the famous in China thing. But yeah, you're right. It's happened before. Did Jerry Lewis ever go to France to capitalize on the fact that everybody in France loved him? Remember that whole David thing? Hasselhoff did. David Hasselhoff right, went to Germany. Right, right. And then he released like German pop music. And they were mm-hmm. like, ooh, we love the Hoff. Okay. Ich sage 
Interesting, interesting. We got new boots and I'm so thrilled. They're Tacova's boots. And you know why I'm so excited about getting Tacova's boots and why I was so happy to get mine why? in the mail? Because why? the girlies from Potomac went to the Tacova store in the most recent season of Real Houses of Potomac. And I was like, if Robin and Karen have Tacovas, I want Tacovas. <laughs> Well, I have a good reason, too, because I've been doing a bunch of line dancing and I didn't have any cowboy boots. And so I got my Tacovas. Oh. And let me tell you, the difference it makes to be dancing in cowboy boots, huge. On the line dancing huge floor. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So you can really smack the floor and swing around. You need cowboy boots. Yeah, I didn't get cowboy boots. I got Chelsea boots, but they're great. They're brown. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see them. They're just, I like taking them on and off. They're so lovely. They're kind of a beautiful leather. They're beautiful leather. Well, they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. It's true because cowboy boots can be a little bit hard to mm -hmm. break in. Yep. You know? Yep. Mine, I was swinging around, no pain. <laughs> no pain. And Tacova's is Western to their core. They offer a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets, the perfect jeans, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. They believe in Western for all. And you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. I saw them do it to the girlies from the Real House of Potomac. It seemed like they were being greeted like family. You'll be offered a boot shine and a drink. Yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. But if you can't make it into a store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. <laughs> is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, might? Uh, 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 uh. You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a, this is a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's, everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time and it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because it's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's read up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com slash who to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Interesting. Okay, speaking of teen idols letting us down, what's going mm -hmm. on with Hanson? What's going on with Hanson? We, we had this in a who's there and cut it because it was so long and just like depressing. So we were like, let's do this again quickly because it doesn't warrant, it doesn't really... Deserve. It doesn't really deserve. It's kind of like a duh, but it's also kind of like a hmm. You know, like it's a duh mm. and a hmm. But Bobby, can it's, you like... And it's only based off one really well-researched and written Vice piece. Exactly. Ashley Spencer at Vice okay. wrote the story. It's Hanson is facing a mutiny from its own fans. I'll give you the click... Uh, sorry, the Cliff's Notes version. You should really read the full thing to get all the quotes. But basically, I'm the thing that interests me most about it is 
the the portrait of the Hansen fan of the marginalized Hansen fan. So it's either mm-hmm. queer people or non-white people, and they're like, it is fundamentally embarrassing to be a fan of Hansen because everyone thinks of Hansen as mop right. only baseline they think baseline without 19- any politics yeah, it's embarrassing it. to be a fan of Ham of <laughs> I almost said Hamilton it's Hamilton. embarrassing to Hansen 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 so the 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 story is about how it's like these people feel betrayed by Hansen because it's like we're your biggest fans and whenever you are a stan you spend so much time and money on seeing the band like traveling to see the band paying to see their shows paying for their merch paying for their music and then defending them to your friends who were oh, like shelly why are you a hansen fan shelly oh why God. are you Shelley, a you're fan? still into hansen you're still <laughs> going to see hansen in concert shelly's like oh i like them. and so yeah ashley talked to all of these like non-white and queer hansen fans and it was like tell us why this summer was tough for you and they were like well in the in the middle of the George Floyd protests, in the middle of this like very tumultuous time in American politics, where celebrities are ta- taking political stands and taking like activist stands, Hanson was saying nothing, and they are mm-hmm. very very close with their fans. They have like tight a tight knit group of like a fan community that follows them around, and it's like we felt betrayed that they weren't speaking up on our behalf. And the other thing I kind of forgot was that Hanson is the same age as their fans because yeah, when they were when Umbop was released. They were the same age as the audience that enjoyed Mbop. So, like, mm-hmm. they're all in their 30s, Hanson. And so are their fans. The Fansons are all in their 30s. So it's the like, Fansons. it really isn't, you can't chalk it up to being like, oh, they're like boomers. Oh, they're a generation off or like, oh, they don't exactly. get it. It's like, no, they are like literally the prime generation that should be understanding why this is important mm-hmm. and should be engaged. Yeah. And so when they get called out for it, um, they sort of they 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 pass it off and they're like, look, we we didn't mean to not say anything. We didn't. We are like very grateful for our incredible and diverse community of fans. I'm quoting them for their continued support and powerful connection with our music. We are proud to have people of so many different backgrounds as part of a community who consider themselves Hanson fans. But then after that, people were like, that didn't seem authentic to me. That felt like lip service. I don't. Something about them has seemed off for a very long time to me. So let's dig a little deeper. And then it gets very, like, conspiratorial, where Isaac, the oldest one, starts posting, like, not quite COVID truther stuff, but skirting the line of COVID truther stuff, where he says, government is trying to cancel Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter, and he says, I will not comply. And then Vice reaches out to them, and I think the second most fascinating thing about this Vice story is that Every time Vice reaches out to either them individually or them as a group, Hansen, either individually or as a group, responds. And they're Mm. like shook. They're shook. And so Isaac has to explain his post about COVID conspiracies to to Vice saying, what I shared was driven by an emotional reaction to a recent personal experience. I'm sorry for the pain and worry that my post caused. I don't believe there's a group conspiring against Christmas. And then someone found Zach, the youngest one's Pinterest account, confronted him about it and he was like oh yeah that isn't that is mine those aren't faked screenshots and it's him commenting on and like reposting things on pinterest that are about like here's one where it's an old man saying an 18 year old is too young to buy a gun but a five-year-old is old enough to decide its own gender and then there's a lot of stuff about gun rights and like race relations that are just really unpleasant and zach is like yeah that was me but it was a joke so 
again, I don't think that these things even would have right would have been a thing had it not been 2020. Meanwhile, you know? are we I think the fans these guys this. are from Oklahoma. They married young. They all have a ton of kids that they and they met their wives at Hanson concerts. Never forget. And oh, it's yeah. not surprising to to fans because they know exactly the detailed history of what these men have done along the lines of charity, which is honestly not much they really they do have charity efforts but they have a hesitancy to wade into any political discourse rights vice but i just think like it really not to harp on it but it's like these fans no these fans are not stupid they suspected things oh they're not stupid they're, they're willing 30, to look they're the other in way. their 30s they're not stupid they're they're adults and they give hansen the opportunity to like make it right and hansen doesn't make it right to the best of their ability. And now the fans are really mad. So that's what's happening with Hanson. Wait, this one quote, though, can we end on this one quote? Or this this is so funny. Uh, For a band with a niche audience, hemorrhaging even a modest number of fans can be problematic. If Hanson loses a bunch of fans, it affects them because they don't have that many to begin with. It's a very small fan base, so they can't afford to lose people the way a Taylor Swift or Harry Styles can. It's true. Mm -hmm. Who's going to go on that fucking Hanson cruise? You know? And yeah, you got to read... If, read the Vice story and then Google uh, Hanson Entertainment Weekly Interview 2007. It's the 10th anniversary of um, Mbop. And they talk about how they all met their wives at Hanson concerts. It's just so strange. It's just mm-hmm. like a, a, it's an interesting peek into like the bubble that they have placed themselves in, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. is a way of putting mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. this also takes us to more band drama that's political. Yeah. The oh, FGL this is house, fascinating. An FGL house divided against itself cannot stand. The Florida FGL Georgia boys line, are fighting. The two, the two boys of Florida George Line are fighting. This is crazy. I mean, it's not crazy, but it's just funny to me. One Who is staying in boys? Florida. One is staying in Georgia. They're like, I will not cross the line. I will well, not cross the well, line. Well, guess which state flipped? Georgia and flipped and Florida stays red. So <laughs> one of the boys is in Florida. One of the li- boys is in Georgia. There was always a line. There was always a line. So, but the thing <laughs> is, like, they're so well. It's really funny. Um, it's really funny that like one of them. There's Brian Kelly and there's Tyler Hubbard, and B- Tyler Hubbard is like an open Biden supporter, and I guess yeah. Brian Kelly is a a closet vaguely, Trump supporter. <laughs> he's a closet Trump supporter, right? So that's what it is. He's a closet Trump supporter, and so Tyler was like, "Yeah, I unfollowed Brian because his post but pissed see, me off." That's the thing. It's like. <laughs> It's, you're asking for that attention if you're going to unfollow your bandmate on Instagram. People were like, what is going on? And they went on they went on a serious XM show, Storm Warren on Exit 209 with Storm Warren Show or whatever that is. And he no, it's, said... It's they Elizabeth said, Warren's new podcast. That's what she does on <laughs> Storm, Sirius Stormy, now. Stormy Warren. A I storm is coming, y'all. And this is my show. <laughs> I unfollowed BK for a few days when we were in the middle of this election, everything going on. And I can't even call him. I told him, I said, hey, buddy, I love you. And I love you a lot more in real life than on your stories right now. Oh, he didn't know how to like mute him. You could have muted mm. him. And that's why I'm unfollowing you. Nothing personal. I still love you. You're still my brother. Also, that's the definition of personal. That is personal. I'm following you. I'm unfollowing you because I, I disagree with your personal dumbass. politics. Right. We've always said, I am surprised, I will say, I gotta say, I'm pleasantly surprised that one of them, that just one of them is a, Bi- that even one of them is a Biden supporter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They really are the Florida Georgia line. They really, they really represent America. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I have to, I have to see, wait, I have to see Trash. which one is actually from Georgia. But the best part is, is from- like, oh my God. The- yeah. And the, oh my God. So the Biden supporter is the one from Georgia. 
Are you fucking kidding me? And no, the he's the one. He's the one who flipped. And it's Trump is Florida. is Florida. Yeah. So it course. actually does all work. It all makes it sense. It does work it out. It makes sense. It but makes then sense. the end, he said, as it relates to pol- this is and this is, of course, what ruins the whole thing. As it relates to politics, we might have different views or a different set of opinions or the way we perceive our leaders. But ultimately, we're a lot alike and we think a lot alike. We both believe in God and we both put our faith in him. And we know he's in control over Donald Trump or Joe Biden. So we're voting Jesus and our world and trusting that he's in control and letting our risk come there. OK, I'm just so- I'm sorry, but Jesus is not on the ballot. You can't vote for <laughs> Jesus. It's technically a write-in and it doesn't do anything. You can't vote for Jesus. That's true. That's true. No, it's really funny that like we're will- we're willing to like give Georgia, the Georgia line, the benefit of the doubt and like we're willing to stand Georgia line. We're willing to leave we Florida stand, out of the conversation. We stand Georgia line. I only listen and then to the Georgia like, line part. Actually, no, this this group that we're in is just too big of a money-making operation for us to really disown yeah, one another. Not. So this is about Jesus. Please buy our album. Come to our house whenever it opens in Nashville again. Guess what? Florida, Georgia line house. I'm never going to go and sit at your bar alone and eat a shrimp po' boy again because <laughs> I can no longer support your business. Again. Again. <laughs> Last time I was in Nashville, I sat at the bar. I ordered a gigantic Coors Light and I drank a when? shrimp and I ate a shrimp po' boy and it was, was delicious. Never again. When were, Never again. Where, where were you were? When was that? You were doing something and I was like, I had an afternoon. Oh, you hadn't gotten in yet. Okay. You got, your flight like, got in. Your flight I? got in later. Okay. Your flight got in later. Kelly and Jeff were at work. Why and I was like, go to I'll go to the Florida Georgia house. Okay, right. Why oh, because I, had, I? Because I had been there before with Kelly and Andrew and we talked, we talked it up. We gave, we gave a lot of press because we were so intrigued yeah. it has three floors all different themes can you believe it? we've talked about it in this yeah, show i went in the middle of the day and no one was there and i was yeah. like great i'm hungry i want a shrimp po boy and a coors light and i yeah. did that and yeah. everyone there was so nice and guess what i'm not going back moving on to news about neo and crystal smith this is a great this is a great celebrity story a great 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 celebrity right, story right, right, and it's right, been right. and it is what 10 months in the making at this point nine months in the making we fi- so in- well, yeah well it's like we oh finally God. hear the behind the scenes i'm not sure if we knew they were getting a divorce until now even or until maybe now. well they're not getting a divorse they're not right. even getting a divorce oh, that's okay. the great Wait. twist okay tell me the so story in february god i love neo neo <laughs> neo them crystal smith his wife who, I love Smith, Let Me Love You. Oh, I love actor. Neo. I love Neo. I love Miss <laughs> I Offended. Love oh, I love Neo. <laughs> so Crystal Smith, his wife, whom he met, um, he met her on Instagram. So that the story sure. is like, oh, we met over DM. Sure. It's actually more interesting than that. He had been following her like Instagram model page for a really long time. Nice. And was like, like trolling on it. He was like, she's hot. I love her Instagram page. Then when he was shooting this little short film, which is, I guess he kept calling it a short film. It's a music video. It's so he was video. shooting this music video for one of his songs a few years ago. And he was like, I know who I want to cast in it, this model that I follow on Instagram. So we DM'd her, got the casting agent involved. That's pretty smart because that's pretty much how that happens. Like if you yes. if you want to be in music videos or whatever, like, or in films even too, like you're following people and they notice and then you're they think of and you. And then you, you stay know? in the feed, you stay in the feed, top yeah. of mind, top of mind. Yeah. Top they of feed, fall top in of love feed. on the set, they get married, they have kids, live in a wonderful life, happy life, <laughs> then... Here's the fucking problem. Podcasts are a theme of this episode. Happy life. (laughs) Neo goes on a podcast. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. Happy wife, happy life. And on the podcast, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm divorcing my wife. But uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's slowly but surely becoming uh, public knowledge that, 
you know, uh, myself and, and my wife have decided to, to go ahead and get a divorce. Um, it's not a, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a sad thing. It's more of a, you know, us realizing that long story short, I'm never going to, you know, talk bad about her. I'm not that person. You know, uh, there's nothing bad to say about her. She's a fantastic woman. She's the mother of my children, and she's always going to be that, and I will always respect her. Long story short, she's got demons just like everybody else, just like me, and we realize that our demons don't mesh, and until the both of us get a hold of our personal demons, it's going to be just difficult for us to, you know, for us to stay married. So, What's the podcast? This one? Let me, get the, let me actually wish. get the podcast right. What so, is the podcast? The podcast was called I Just Closed the Tab. He was on the Private Talk with Alexis Texas. Oh, my God. <laughs> he confirmed they were separating on Wait, Private Talk with on. Alexis Texas. Hold on. She is an adult movie star named yes, Alexis Texas. Yes, I was just going to say, because remember when we had our whole Hannah Montana mm-hmm. bit? Somebody Emirata was like, Nevada, Alexis which Texas. we know is Emirata, Nevada. Yes. yes, but Alexis Texas, they were someone was like, that's a real person. She's a porn star. Wait, so she has a podcast and Neo was on it and said that he was getting a divorce. Oh, this is too much. This yes. is too much. So Neo much. said that he was getting separated, okay? Neo said that he was getting separated because, as we know, when you're on the podcast, like, people think podcasts, like, people say too much on podcasts, they right? Really when they're guests do. on a podcast. They really think because they that think they nobody can just listens. say whatever they want on the podcast. But then, sure enough, someone over at E! News, someone over at the Jasmine brand, like the very good celebrity bloggers are listening to all these podcasts and they're taking notes. They got their steno pad out. They're taking notes. Yeah. So after he went on a Or somebody Texas tweets podcast, something about yeah, it and it gets a little clip. steam yeah. and then they go back and they say, I'm going to listen to this. So then celebrity tabloids get the story and they're like, Neo announces divorce from Crystal Smith. That's where Crystal Smith sees it. And so that's uh... the first part of the story. Um, so we don't know that Crystal Smith saw that until this week. So this happened in February. This week's update is that Crystal didn't know that Neo was unhappy or Neo wanted a divorce until she saw it in a tabloid, which was aggregating a podcast. Shut up. But here's the twist, record scratch, they're not broken up. So after they filed for divorce in February, Crystal was like, okay, so get out of the house. Like, move in with your mom because I'm not cooking you dinner anymore. And then they had, like, during the coronavirus pandemic, they reconciled and fell back in love. And they were like, you know, we can make this work. So they decided we're not going to get divorced. The reason this is a story now, this happened in May. The reason this is a story now is they were on uh, Tamron Hall's show. And they told the whole story about the tabloid thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, but we're fine now. Everything's good. So it's like a happy ending. So he was just like, we're getting a divorce on a podcast. And she was like, what? And then he was like, oh, never mind. Like, okay, let's, you know, let's figure it out then. But okay. I think we've so many times in the past few months, we talked about celebrities who well, celebrities have broken in up the middle of quarantine. Yes. Well, yeah. But it's like we've yeah. talked about more often than not. I feel like the celebrity story is that quarantine made them realize that they weren't the right fit. And in this instance, quarantine made them realize maybe they were the right fit. So it's like a nice, a nice happy ending. Although I guess it's arguably a happy ending whenever couples call up their engagement as opposed to getting married and miserable for a while. Of course. Point is, it's a fun twist. Of course. But like, wow, like be careful what you say on a fucking podcast, even Mm -hmm. if it's like Alexis, Texas straight talk, you know, like even if it's like, you know, even if it's like Who Weekly, even if it's like the smallest little pod, you know. And the last thing I want to say about Neo is that I was like catching up with him on Wikipedia and there was catching a, up. <laughs> there's a there's a section marked health and I was like, oh no. 
Because usually when there's a section marked health, you're like, oh, they have some disease you didn't know about, blah, blah. Right. No, this is Neo's health section. You're going to love it. In August 2017, Neo announced that he had adopted a vegan diet after viewing the documentary What the Health. In February 2019, he said in an interview that he had lost like 30 pounds and that he had also reversed his tendonitis since he had become vegan, calling it, quote, one of the best things he'd ever done. His representative confirmed in March 2020 that he was no longer vegan. Wow. <laughs> not worth it. That's not it. worth it. Tendonitis came back. Not worth it. it came back. It's not worth it. Speaking of, speaking of celebrity podcasts, I have a game for you. Because <sighs> there are so many celebrity podcasts. You're going to love it. You claim you're checking the charts oh, all no. the time. You're oh, out no. here. You should know which celebrities have podcasts and which don't, right? You should yeah, know I that. Should. I should. Okay, but do you? I think. Okay, well, this is a game that's called Does This Celebrity Have a Podcast? I'm going to name you a celebrity. Okay. You're going to tell me, do they have a podcast? If okay. you know the name, you get bonus point. Okay. Okay? Okay. Number one. This is easy because I told you about it yesterday. Number one. Hmm. Celebrity divorce lawyer Laura Wasser. Does she have a podcast? Yes, she does. She does. Do you know what it's called? I don't remember what it's called. It used to be called Divorce Sucks. Now it's called uh-huh. All's Fair. <laughs> okay okay hi there it's me laura wasser the divorce attorney and the founder of it's over easy the online divorce service i've been practicing family law for over 20 years and i've worked on thousands of divorces shepherding people through what may be one of the most terrifying times in their lives along the way i often have to remind people to lower their expectations when dealing with matters of the heart rules simply don't apply because All's fair in love and war. Next question two. Does Freddie Prinze Jr. have a podcast? No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. You are incorrect. What? He has a podcast called Prinze and the Wolf. Prinze and the Wolf. (laughs) I became the prince of... Number three, Taryn Manning. Does Taryn Manning have a podcast? I I don't think so. Yes, you are correct. She does not have a podcast. Yeah, she does not. Okay. Question four, does Vivica A. Fox have a podcast? No, she doesn't. That is incorrect. She does. It is called Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. Uh, Vivica's podcast will harness her personal experience and hustle to help you with your relationships, career, style, sex, and self-esteem. Hey, what up, y'all? It's your girl, Vivica Fox, and welcome to my podcast, Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. Darlings, don't forget to subscribe, download, and listen to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox now. Next question. Does Allison Hannigan have a podcast? Yes, she does. That is wrong. She does not have a podcast. What? I don't know anything. Next question. Just Jerry Ferrara. To be fair, I scroll through news most okay, of the time. Okay, whatever. These are news. Next question. Does Jerry Ferrara from Entourage have a podcast? Yes, he does. Do you know what it's called? I don't know what it's called, but I know it's he does. It's called Bad for Business. <laughs> Hello, is this on? Are you guys hearing me? Is there anybody left subscribed to this RSS feed? Anybody? It's been two years since we last dropped an episode on this transmission. I hope you guys are out there. Bad 
for business. When's Bad for Business coming out? Do you think that's a good title? Next question. Does Sophia Bush have a podcast? The Sophia I know who has a podcast is Sophia with an F. And Sophia Bush is with a PH. Does Sophia Bush have a podcast? Think uh, about it. Would she have bought? She's the kind of she, person. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Okay. Does she have a podcast? Does yes, she, she has a podcast. Yes, she has a podcast. Do you know what it's called? I don't know what it's called. It's called Work in Progress with Sophia Bush. Hi, everyone. Sophia Bush here. Welcome to Work in Progress where I talk to people who inspire me about how they got to where they are and where they think they're still going. Next question. Does Tamar Braxton have a podcast? No. That's wrong. She does have a podcast. It's called Under Construction with Tamar Braxton. Every sector of our lives is pretty much pretty much under construction. Family, under construction. Career, under construction. Relationships, under construction. Emotions, I know mine live under construction. Finances, under construction. We might as well be under construction together. Welcome to another week of Under Construction with your girl, Tamar Braxton. Next question. Does Madison Beer have a podcast? Yes. Wrong. She does not have a podcast. God damn it. Next question. Does Jill Scott have a podcast? Oh, Jill Scott. If she doesn't, she should. I'm going to say yes. She does. Do you know what it's called? The Jill Scott Show. I don't know. It's it's J.Ill, the podcast. I'm not sure what (laughs) J.Ill means, but whatever. Peace and love, y'all. Jill Scott presents J.Ill with my sister friends... Aja and Laia. And I'm Jill Scott. Next question. Does Rob Lowe have a podcast? Yes, he does. Yes. What's it called? Me and my boys. It's no, like, it's called what Literally it called? with Rob Lowe. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Literally with me, Rob Lowe. It's a big day because my sons, Matthew and John Owen, are so excited about today's guest that they are here with me. All the people, I've had cool people on the show. They could care less. I don't even think you listen to this podcast, to be totally honest. I know my wife doesn't. Does Alan Alda have a podcast? No. That is wrong. He does have a podcast. Jesus it's called Christ. Clear and Vivid with Alan Alda. I'm Alan Alda, and this is Clear and Vivid. Does Brie Larson have a podcast? No. She has a YouTube channel. No. That is correct. Does Jaleel White have a podcast? Jaleel White is in like Urkel? Yes. Yeah, sure. He does. Do you know what it's called? Is it called Did I Do That? No, it's called Ever After with Jaleel White. I don't know. Okay. Ever After. Ever After. So is it like um, romance like podcast? Like Drew Barrymore podcast. I have no idea. In his debut podcast, Ever After, Jaleel White, most famous for portrayal of uh, blah, 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 deconstructs child stardom with rare insights. Oh, so he talks to former oh, child that, stars. That's, that's a good that's concept. A good Okay. Ooh, that's a good concept. concept. Okay.
stereotypes about child stars and their longevity in Hollywood are well known. Contrary to popular belief, there are a great many more child actors who beat the odds and continue to thrive. I'm Jaleel White, and this is Ever After. Next, does Jody Sweeten have a podcast? Yes. Do you know what it's called? No, but I know she has it. It's called Never Thought I'd Say This. <laughs> <laughs> We've definitely talked about Never Thought we I'd have, Say we This, have, too. We have, we have. We okay. played clips from Never Thought I'd Say This. Okay. Welcome to this week's episode of Never Thought I'd Say This. I am your host, Celia Behar. No, I am your host, Jody Sweeten, uh-huh. along with the fabulous Ish. Really? Yeah, I was like, Ish, yeah, Celia Behar, that's me. I'm, that's, I'm her. That would be you. I know. That would be you, and I would be me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'm just trying to add some spice into the into the opening because it's always just notoriously terrible. Next, does Derek Blasberg have a podcast? Ew, no. I don't want to will this into existence. That's correct. Oh he doesn't. Oh. Next, does Alyssa Milano have a podcast? Yes, of course she does. She does. You know what it's called? Listen up, people. No, it I has, got a megaphone. I'll give you a hint. It has the same name as a Demi Lovato song. Confident. Uh-uh. What's something Alyssa Milano has to do constantly? Get it. Uh. No, the answer is apologize. It's called Sorry Not Sorry. (laughs) Hi, I'm Alyssa Milano, and this is Sorry Not Sorry. Does Vanderpump Rules Sheena Shea have a podcast? Yes. She does. Do you know what it's called? No. It's called Shenanigans. From Vanderpump Rules to Vegas and everywhere in between, it's time to party with Sheena Shea. This is Shenanigans. And now here's your host, Sheena Shea. And last question, last question, last question. Does Jedward okay. have a podcast? Yes. Okay, this is a trick question. They did, but not anymore. Nine years ago, they had a podcast that had two episodes, and it was called Vote Jedward. <laughs> I think it was when they were in Eurovision. They were so ahead of their time. Wait, I have one more question. I was lying. This is the final question. Which uh-huh. one of these Bachelor alum does not have a podcast? Okay? Okay, go on. Wells Adams. Jared and Ashley I, Caitlin Bristow, Olivia Carity, which one of those does not have a podcast? I think it's actually weirdly, I think it's Ashley I doesn't have a podcast. Okay, they all have podcasts. That was also a trick question. Every single uh, one of those have a podcast. Just let me read to you the bulk of Bachelor podcasts that exist. Okay. Wells Adams, Wellcast. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams. Jared and Ashley I is almost famous. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Almost Famous Friendsgiving. Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow. Podcast One presents Off the Vine Great Therapy. The E&G Podcast. Podcast, you don't want to test them since they were little kids, lifelong best friends, and they'll be best friends forever. The podcast men and women listen to together. Clickbait with Tasha and Joe. 
Welcome back to Clickbait. I am so happy to be back. Last week, things were a little different over in Clickbait world. Mouthing off with Olivia Caridi. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. Bachelor Happy Hour with Rachel Lindsay and Becca Kufrin. Welcome, you guys to Bachelor Happy Hour. We have an exciting episode for you today. And exciting, that might be an adjective that is a little bit of an understatement. Help, I suck at dating with Dean and Jared. What is up, sucky daters? Thank you so much for joining us for an all new episode of What a Girl Wants. We know you are sick of hearing from me and Jared. Scrubbing in with Becca, Tilly, and Tanya Reed. Scrubbing in with Becca Tilly and Tanya Rad, an iHeartRadio and two-time People's Choice Award-winning podcast. Let's talk about it with Taylor Nolan. Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is Taylor, your host, and I hope that y'all are having a fantastic, wonderful week. I hope you are checking in with yourselves and really prioritizing your own self-nourishment, your emotional peace, all of the things. Down to date with Kendall Long. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Zoom edition of Down to Date. Shaddy Broads with Becca and Jess. Hello, Broads. Rise and shine. Good morning. Rise and shine. <laughs> Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Good morning, Stormy. Good morning, Stormy. <laughs> Good morning, Stormy. I Don't Get It podcast with Ashley I and her sister Lauren. I don't get it. Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's the I Don't Get It podcast. Mommy's Tell All with Carly Waddle and Jade Roper. Hey, guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. And Date Night with Raven and Adam. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Girls Night with Raven and Alexis. I'm back, motherfuckers. <laughs> and sorry about the horrible audio quality and I don't even think I have all of them I think that's not even all of them that's only a piece of them that's the end of my game you did not do well I did terribly I know I did terribly yeah D-E-N-A-N-A. what will these two do today coffee blocks daily tasks only sometimes wearing masks B-O-M-A-N-Z-A, it girl and a divorcee. They're sharing shirts and sharing laughs while others share their photographs. B-E-N-A-N-A, let's update their dossier. Lindsay, tell me what they're up to. We haven't done a Banana Bonanza in a while. It's been weeks since they've done anything. Apparently, they've just been on pause. I can't even imagine what they're doing behind closed doors, but... We they're finally, drinking Diet Coke and smoking cigarettes. We finally got some news because they're doing reshoots for their movie in New Orleans, which like, all right, okay. Maybe they were like, hey, you guys have more chemistry now. Let's bring you back. So we have Aunt Ana de Armas in a fucking wedding ring. They're they're on a balcony. Ben's drinking a Diet Coke and smoking a ciggy. Is this in the movie or is this in real life? I don't know. Well, the photo is her with her hands on his chest showing off this sort of like costume jewelry it's honestly comically large diamond much. ring it's too and so people much are saying that we now have she's wearing a them. diamond ring on her left hand and then it's people are saying oh no they're much. doing reshoots it's for her character it's too much <laughs> it's too much it's almost ben as Affleck much also as... wore a mask for babies 
Yeah, Ben Affleck wears a child-sized mask as he and Ana de Armas wake early to head to reshoot Deepwater in New Orleans. That mask is so small. Why is it so small? I'm so confused. I gotta say, I'm mad at him because he should have access to good masks. He should not treat masks as a joke. Why is it so small? Having said that, it covers both his nose and his mouth. It covers the most important holes. So, like, you know. tiny. Do you think it's he's tiny. like? Do you think he's like? I will not let this mask cover my iconic dimpled chin. So get me a tiny mask. So that's what they're up to. Wow, they're actually doing things. This movie will it ever come out? Maybe. Can we talk about this really funny Summer Walker story that's like short and She's, sweet? She's. <laughs> I just. It's funny. I just saw this interview with her on Rolling Stone where she and Erica Badu interview each other, kind of. Mm-hmm. And the photo at the lead, she's definitely pregnant. Like she's pregnant. So like. Oh, so it's not really speculation anymore. Okay. Well, the speculation was because she like posed a picture with her literally holding her stomach like you would if you were pregnant, but she doesn't say I'm pregnant. But she's pregnant. Like. The headline is Summer Walker appears to confirm pregnancy with first look at her baby bump, which is such a good construction. It's the only thing is she just doesn't say like, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. So she, Mm -hmm. her, her boyfriend is London on the track, but like they're off and on. So like, it's unclear actually like what, you know, I I, Mm -hmm. I guess they're back together, but also they might not be back together. Maybe, yeah. Mm -hmm. But they literally, she said that they'd broken up. There's an article about it in The Blast that's like from... October, the end of October of this year. Okay. So that's not long ago, right? Yeah. Okay, but point is, she's pregnant. And the funniest thing about Summer, Wa- Summer Walker being pregnant, she's an R&B singer. She's got some great stuff. We talked about her before in this podcast, actually. Mm-hmm. I think she's still a who, though. Yeah, I agree. She had she, that really good EP that is great, but I think she's still a who at this point. But what's funny about this is that she's pregnant and immediately people on Twitter were like, um, remember when she said a baby could live off a pear, an apple, three peas and water? It's because <laughs> I'm, just, I'm remembering. OK, so on Instagram in August of this year, like not that long ago. It was ago, this year. It was this year. Yes. She said <laughs> on social media, she said, Y'all weird for even giving babies that processed government shit. Throw some real fruit and veggies in a blender and give to them, LOL. Revisiting because people kept saying it's too expensive. And then people said, some people responded to her like, like, some people can't afford fresh fruit every week. And, you know, you know, that's why people give their babies formula or which I don't. And formula has nutrients that fruit doesn't have. (laughs) Like formula attempts to mimic breast milk. Then she wrote, (laughs) this is my favorite thing she did she's like let me do the math let me do the math and then she wrote a pear 34 cent similac is 32 to 36 dollars i don't understand a bowl of fruit for the child would co- still cost less than formula for the week to feed the child daily a dollar 67 meal one pear 34 cent meal two apple 74 cent meal three peas 50 cent 11 dollars 69 cents weekly and they drink water so it's cheaper 23.38 for two weeks she did the math, but the baby's only eating a pear, two peas, and an apple. Uh. <laughs> two apples. Summer pulling out her calculator and just being like, look, I did your family budget. Why is anyone buying similar? I don't understand. This is ridiculous. One pear, two apple, three pea. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so now everyone's laughing about Summer Walker being pregnant. And if you search Summer Walker pregnant, you will get mostly people laughing at her saying things like, Summer Walker, the same woman that said a baby can love off a pear, an apple, three peas, and water a day, is pregnant. Summer Walker's baby after the fourth serving of apples and peas in a day, and then like a meme. It's so funny to me. It's one pear. One pear. 
one pear, two apple, three peas. I'm sure. The thing is, Summer is smart enough and like she's going to post something with the baby at some point where she's pretending to feed it a pear. And then she's going to be like, just kidding. I'm feeding it formula. Like Babies she's going to do pears something pears and with peas this. and and apples at a certain point. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. So many of our friends have babies now and I'm like, when do they eat? Like, when do they get to try new food? And it's like, not yet. Like, they're still on breast milk or formula. It's just so it's like, well, funny. And we're not baby experts ourselves, but it's just so funny. The response. I'm more laughing no. at like the response because everybody was like, oh, <laughs> save the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Let's talk about Janet Huber. Oh, this actually is. Did you watch finally? Fascinating. I did. And I was so moved by the whole thing. I have to say. Whoever put together the HBO Max reunion of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like whoever like, I mean, I'm, I know partially Will Smith probably, probably helped produce the whole thing. But like the the whole construction of it all is just so move, like very moving. It's really like quite moving. It's. Um, Didn't you think? Like it's it, really. It took. Oh, totally. The and pacing, it took me back the, to. The kind of nostalgia of it, the everything. It was really good nostalgia. And I was like, oh, I would love, I would love to see this sort of thoughtful, glossy, well-produced, really serious reunion for a lot of shows from the 90s that well, I Well, that's loved. why I was like, now I understand why the Friends reunion is such a big deal. I mean, it's, I understood it before, but after seeing this, if they get any type of like this type of like pathos realization <laughs> or conversation or pathos or whatever from that, it's, like they can do, you can do a lot. It's... And so the the reunion special is very sweet. They got the full cast. Well, not James Avery because he has died. But even then, which is really sad that when they're all talking about him, it was like so moving. But the but it's them on the, they recreated the set. So they're sitting on the set and they're going through like their audition process. Like what it was like their first days in the set. Like what it was like working with Will, who was this like, who was going on this meteoric rise. And the first time I watched it, I did not watch the opening. I I scrubbed, <laughs> I scrubbed the video until I got to Janet Huber because I was like, I just want to watch the Janet Huber thing first, and then the next day I watched the full special. But the Janet Huber story is the number one thing to take away from this because if you will remember, Janet Huber only lasted two seasons on this show as um, Aunt Viv. Then they replaced her with Aunt Viv too, and we've talked about this. On in previous episodes, I think we talked the last time we talked about this was when she made that open video that like open letter to Will that she released as a video. Um, which turns out he reveals in this thing that he had never even seen it until, yeah, yeah, you know, recently. Um, but she claims this happened. So, what Janet Huber says happened is that the producers were not super happy with her for whatever reason, right. And they say, okay, we're going to actually cut your time to just 10 weeks of shooting for next season. But they said, even though we're making you shoot less, we're not going to, we're going to put in your contract that you can't take any more work. You have to be exclusive to Friends Fresh Prince. And so the way that Janet presents it, she's like, if it had been, you cut my hours, but I can get work elsewhere, I would have done it because she had a family to take care of, right? And... They didn't give her that opportunity. So she was like, that's a shitty deal. You're giving me less work, but you won't let me get more work elsewhere. That sucks. So I'm going to quit. Yeah. And then after she quit and was replaced. I 
fully oh, that makes so much her, sense. by the way. And, fully. and I believe her now more in more retrospect, too, because the way that it's looked back on, which you'll get to, is Will Smith saying, I was young and I was full of ego mm-hmm. and I was wrong. And I was, you know, I was truly out of my yes. mind, which like, again, I also I believe fully it. believe like it was set up like a competition and I had to win. So when she leaves of her own volition, Will Smith is doing press because obviously he's the star and he's being asked about like, oh, Aunt Viv left this like hugely popular show and is being recast. Like what happened? Give us the goss. And he's like, oh, she was fired. And she wanted it to be the Aunt Viv show. She didn't want it to be about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She wanted, what was the line? It was like, she wanted it to be the Aunt Viv of Bel-Air show, which is ridiculous. Just when you think about it, like why would this woman who was like the oldest person on the set be so like, disillusioned by or like completely god what am i trying to say why would she have such a distorted perception of what the show is that she would expect the show to be about her she's too much of an adult to think the show would ever be about her so it's like why would she ever say this so because of what will said after she left her reputation was completely torpedoed and they haven't spoken since in almost 30 years and so that's what the whole idea of this reunion was like Will and Janet are going to be in the same room talking to each other about this shit. And it's, uh, it makes him look so bad. And it's crazy because (laughs) all of this talk about like being a difficult person is now a little bit seen through different eyes now because we now have more of a concept of like being called difficult usually means the person calling you difficult Mm -hmm. is is actually trying to say something else. Like you're not actually being difficult. You're asking for what you're worth. This, the the line that I put in here that I screenshot, you got to find the clip of it because it's like, it was the part, I, I sent it to you right as I watched it because I was like watching it super early in the morning. And I was like, oh my God. Everything was a threat to me. Why was I a threat? Not you, the world. I was so driven by fear and jokes and comedy yeah. and all of that. Yeah, you were, was how you were live. You, yeah. were, <laughs> you were live. You know. But what you didn't realize either, that I was going through a lot at home. Mm-hmm. Right. You didn't know. Yep. You guys didn't know. Very abusive marriage. You know, I have children. Yeah. I, I've been uh, divorced and I've had a second marriage and I can see now the level of pain and the level of struggle that it was for you just to show up every day and then but you took all that away from me Mm -hmm. with your words you know Mm -hmm. words can kill I lost everything. Yes, he was 21 years old. Yes, he was young. He was so famous. Of course, it fucks with his head. But at the same time, yes, he is sort of kind of exclusively responsible to for what happened to Janet's reputation. And so it's like, it is a complicated situation for them to talk about. It truly is complicated. But this exchange completely messed me up. In what world is this, like, older woman your competition? Like, where did that come from? And so it's like, he doesn't have an answer right. to who, it. Who, like, placed that in your young, mm-hmm. dumb brain, you know? Like, who yeah. put it that way, you know, to you or whatever? But, yeah. like, because Will is like, the Jada the Jada effect of, like, red table talk, like, now seeping through his veins, he took it to the red table. Janet's not there. They just played, it's like a couple extra clips from the HBO show. And then he talks to... um 
he talks to a psychiatrist kind of about his what? own she's issue. She's not even there. They couldn't even get she's her. She's not there. at the red table. She's talking. He's talking to his. Uh, I think it's a psychiatrist. How much therapy has this guy been exposed to? I mean, I mean, so much therapy and so yeah. much like resolution conflict mm-hmm. and so much like you know kind of thoughtful reimagining of circumstances and so many oh my god his his daughter and mm-hmm. son alone yeah. like kind of talking about like you know redefining how he probably sees like masculinity and sexuality and all of that like this could also be very cynical and we could say does will smith give a shit at all is this just for the for the show i think he does i think he's I I it he does seem like someone who's trying to make excuses obviously but like how could he not realize that he ruined this woman's life you know like I bet he feels he must feel terrible he said I don't think I've ever done anything worse to a person in my life like without without question and and the, but the but I think the the best thing about this HBO Max thing which we talked about on the Patreon just in terms of like Tatiana Ali and Alfonso Ribeiro but like the the cast is so they're all given like time to talk they're given time to like give really thoughtful responses to things like share the most like heartwarming memories and they all look so good and you're sort of like i mean even janet like everyone everyone is just like you know no, it's an expensive looks, reunion i mean they're getting expensive. the hbo max makeup and so you you get the sense that this is like his like last ditch consolation prize to her where he's like, maybe you'll get work out of this. Like, I truly think that that is a, mm-hmm. that is maybe a goal for him. You're giving him a lot of the benefit of the doubt. Is it also trying to resurface him? Re, I mean, I guess no one really thought Will Smith was a no, bad guy. No. Only the true heads mm-hmm. kind of remember this drama. Only the true heads kind of say, remember when, you know, yeah. Janet, remember the whole thing with Janet Huber? Like he was such a dick. Like, I guess that's like he's kind of outrun that that story, you know. But he's a, he's confronting it head on, be, probably because of Jada's impact. Let's do Rita. What was she wearing? Where was she seen? She posted what on Instagram? She's the Who Queen. Tens of people want to know all about the. What's Rita Ora up to? Who is this woman? There's so much Rita. What is going on? It's like we're back. She's flaunting. Rita Ora flaunts her eye-popping cleavage in a very low-cut crop top as she pulls her sauciest poses for latest slew of social media snaps. She's writhing. Rita Ora puts on a very sultry display in a skimpy black bodysuit as she writhes around for sizzling new snaps. She's strolling. Rita Ora shows off her wild side in an animal print coat as she wraps up warm for a stroll through London during lockdown. Oh, she's great. Like, I love her mask. The mask-hair combo here is good. She's wearing, like, a candy necklace. She's nailing and marking. <laughs> Rita Ora nails business chic in a patterned suit for Radiant Snap before marking Brother Don's 23rd birthday with sweet throwback images. <laughs> she also posted a lot of photos of her wearing these disgusting shoes from her Shoe Dazzle collection. They're um, gross. They're disgusting. We did a Shoe Dazzle ad. <laughs> no, I know. Okay, but like, these are gross. <laughs> these are disgusting. Well, I don't even think the shoes themselves are disgusting. The styling is 
Oh, you're trying to pull back now. Okay, but back to this outfit you were you mentioned Rita Ora wearing a big she's wearing like a sweatsuit with a huge I'm kind of into this look, a huge um, I like it a lot. leopard print coat and she's somehow holding a candy necklace. We don't know why and she has bright green sneakers <laughs> on with socks. I love this look. It's this is really Rita cool. or this is Rita Ora's version of leaving your house in pajamas. Do you know what I mean? Like it's close. And the coat, the leopard print coat has like uh le- like a an attached belt. Sort it's of like, like a, a, a robe like a bathrobe. It's cute. Maybe a bathrobe. Yeah, it's like a bathrobe. Chic cheetah <laughs> robe and a candy necklace in her hands. Is it real is it real candy or is it fake? Cuz I wouldn't put it past her actually holding a real candy necklace, but this could just be a chic necklace that looks like a candy necklace. No, I think that's you know a I mean? candy necklace. Oh, it could just be a chic necklace. You're right. But it looks it could like just a be a chic necklace. necklace. Okay, well, that's what Rita's up to. What a great episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. Call us at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Um, oh, we have merch. Whoweekly.us if you want to buy hats, hats back, for the holidays. Hats are back. Who knows? Hats are back. Hats are back. Um, oh, we have a Patreon where we release episodes twice a week, bonus episodes, and an occasional newsletter. We'll see you on Friday with another Who's There. Bye. Bye. You will trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to know.